0: This is a Blast Box Media
1: podcast. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper?
2: Hello and welcome to The Blank Podcast, the podcast where we delve into those difficult moments with well-known guests. My name's Giles Perry Phillips and with me in his um, sanctuary of calm <laughs> is Jim Daly. I like that. That
3: sounds a little bit like that would be an album from the House Martins in about 1988. Sanctuary of calm, yeah. Sanctuary of calm. Um, <laughs> follow up to Caravan of Love. yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> That's a nice way to describe it. But what we should, well, first of all, hello, how are you? I'm very well, how are you? Good, I'm not too bad. We should let listeners in on a little behind the scenes. Now, this is possibly only our second, maybe our third, late night podcast. Mm. Welcome, I feel like I'm on a late night radio show. Welcome to the late night Blank
2: podcast. Yeah, it's like Bob Harris. You'd need whispering <laughs> Bob Harris do not you? Yeah. Oh, he's um, another so- <laughs> number by the House Martins with... <laughs> Car- Sanctitude of San-
3: Solitarity, whatever you call it.
2: <laughs> Sanctuary of Calm.
3: That's the one. Um, yeah, so we're doing... Our guest is, uh, is on the other side of the world this week. So, yeah. we're, so we're recording late at night, um, which is always... It's actually quite exciting, actually, because mm. I'm sort of I'm in mean, my cabin where we normally do it. I'm looking out. I can't see my house because it's dark outside. So suddenly I'm aware that it's late at night. And yeah, it's quite exciting, actually. Plus, you
2: know, having an international guest join the call. Yeah. Well, and our, our guest was from uh, was calling in from Long Beach, California, yep. which, you know, I'm sure actually it's very sunny and warm there at the moment. Well, it's every, it, like it, that it every day, look, isn't it?
3: yeah Yeah, it is although i uh i didn't bring it up because i always feel like i'm trying to cram in bits of my personal life to podcast but i did
2: live in california for a bit back so you you do it in the introduction instead
3: hi wendy (laughs) i lived in california Um, (laughs) yes
2: um, Yes. is that where you did did you do some of your soccer stuff there soccer coaching Mm. soccer yeah but it wasn't long beach it was it
3: was manhattan beach but it wasn't far away uh, from Long Beach, but um, yes, it was sunny. I was there for six months and it was sunny every day. It rained twice, I think, the whole time I was there, and I was there from like June till end of the year. Mm. And each time it rained, everyone in LA was just crashing their cars because no one knew how to drive in the rain, <laughs> oh, so they, right. would ju- they would just be like, What do I do? I don't oh, cars are skidding off the road. Yes, yeah, so it's
2: it's um, they're not used to it at all, uh, but yeah, it's you know- mostly yeah do you not get a bit bored after a while just sun every day i mean that's why i I I loved it uh, okay i'm not a massive sun worshiper so i think i like you know i like england's perfect for me really because you never know what you're gonna get really and i think yeah i like that's why i like the seasons because they're so varied and um unpredictable
3: i I do like i do actually think i i think autumn and spring are actually my favorite seasons Mm. over here um but i am you get used to it over there i think when it's sunny mm. you just get used to living in that and i'm very much a sort of shorts and t-shirt kind of guy so obviously i was just able to be in shorts the whole time um and yeah i think you just i, I tanned so well oh i'll show mm. you some photos like i just oh, i looked so good um so yeah it was it was a good time it was a good time living over there but anyway we should probably introduce our guest yeah we probably <laughs> think is we've 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 teased it enough now yeah uh, so, yeah
2: you want me to do it do you
3: <laughs> I'll, I'll do it i was trying to say i was trying to set you up but uh this is probably a late night pod Is so we're too tired to do a good link <laughs> what a bunch
2: of amateurs we are that's why our <laughs> listeners love it it's part of our charm isn't it mm.
3: okay so this week's guest
2: was I oh you've made it too would... big way too
3: big now You've too I'll, big gone i'll bring it big. i'll read it back in don't worry i'll read it back in <laughs> our, our guest this week is an a-lister hollywood a-lister Uh, It's the one and only Wendy McClendon Covey. Uh, Now, Wendy has done many TV shows, many movies. You probably will know her from the Goldbergs. She's in its ninth season, which is a fantastic sitcom. She's also been in Bridesmaids, uh, and she's done loads of other big movies as well. So, yeah, a proper Hollywood A-lister. So it's very
2: exciting having her on. Really exciting. And Wendy is honestly such a lovely human being. I mean, I've got to know Wendy over on Twitter which often happens with our guests, and then I sort of coerce them into coming on. Um, but she's just really, really lovely human being, and and it was great to talk to her because, you know, you can hear that she's still very grounded human being. You know, she's she worked for a long time, even when her career was taking off in acting, and, uh, you know, and I think that's kept her really kind of grounded and, you know, very much like when we were discussing this off-air, weren't we, Jim, like when we talked to Nick Offerman as well someone who's like you know they're not although they are you know top of their game and 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 hollywood a-listers they are um still very down to earth and you know really enjoy this you know the, the the smaller things in life so it was really refreshing to talk to her she's grounded
3: and she was in groundlings so there you go that's uh that sounded funnier in my head than when i said it out loud um but yeah very much so and uh it was just fascinating talking to her about her career and there's mm. some really interesting insights into how she's got where she has um and stayed so grounded and and some really good sort of behind the scenes on um on bridesmaids as well so yeah just a really open interesting person and we we uh we chat a lot about sort of creativity and performer lifestyles as well so yeah just a fantastic guest and a really really nice person and we really appreciated her finding time for us as well and I don't even know what time it
2: was over there, but it would have been about 10 a.m. early, morning I, think, early
3: so. morning, I guess. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, no, so. it,
2: was, it was great. It was, yeah, it was a real privilege to talk to her and um, big, just a huge fan of her work. I mean, she's just genuinely funny, you know, just yeah, talking absolutely. to her. She's just so cutting, but in a really, really, you know, in a very lovely way. Um, you know, there's a few times where we, she kind of stopped us in her tracks with her, with her little kind of like put downs, but they were so, so brilliant, yeah. Yeah, but that's that's the sort of thing that happens when you're having a good conversation. Yeah.
3: And you're getting on, I think, and also there was a lot of laughter in this episode as yeah. well, so, as you would expect. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And, and yeah, again, you're looking through her CV. You know, Bridesmaids is a huge movie, and she was mm. amazing in it. And uh, Reno Nine One One as well. I don't know if you've seen that, but yeah, fantastic sitcom as well. That when I was living in the states was was really big. Actually, and a lot of people were watching it um, over there. And then obviously the Goldbergs, which is huge. So yeah, yeah, a real a lister and. Uh, yeah, it was lovely having her on. So I think uh, we should we'll read we'll read a tweet and then we'll
2: get on into the episode because I think yeah because we we've been waffling on too much anyway. Um, <laughs> I've got a tweet here. It's from Adam Butler, and he says, um, "I'd kind of he'd sort of been um, messaging about um, Patson Joseph's new book that's coming out very soon. Yeah, um, yep. which is very exciting. His Ignatius Sancho book." Um, I'm sure uh, when it comes out, we'll, we'll definitely um, let people know so they can go and buy it. But because Patterson was such a great guest, anyway, I mentioned to Adam that he'd been on the podcast, and um, he's put he just sent me a message saying I listened to this whilst I was out on my bike this evening. It's wonderful. What a top guy, Patterson. Joseph is. he you've uh, he's this is directly to Patterson. You've given me so many great laughs over the years, Patterson. Thank you. So that's a really lovely Aww. message. So we have got a new listener, which is very nice. Thank you, Adam. Oh, thanks, Adam.
3: and Welcome aboard. And and yeah, Patterson is is the best. And I think there'll be a lot of people that would have similar sentiments towards him as well. Absolutely. And yeah, look, looking forward to reading that book when it comes out. But, uh, oh, it's going to be if, epic. If... Absolutely. Um, Speaking of epic, I think we should uh, delve into this week's episode, Giles. What do you reckon? Well,
2: yeah, of course. Otherwise, it's going to be <laughs> us, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's a silly the, question, you know, really, isn't I'm it? I'm trying
3: to build it up and do the... Yeah, I know. Sorry. It's
2: too late. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I definitely think people want to hear the guest. I think I, I can I can almost guarantee that they don't want to hear any more from us.
3: <laughs> they are skipping forward 15 seconds <laughs> yeah. on their app as
2: we're talking.
3: Yeah, here we go. OK, so uh, here is this week's guest. It's the one and only the fantastic Wendy McClendon Covey on The Blank Podcast.
2: Oh, Wendy, thank you so much for being on the Black Podcast. Really appreciate your time. Um, I'm honoured. <laughs> well, we're, we're honoured. Um, you seem like you're incredibly busy at the moment. Do you feel incredibly busy?
0: Um, You know, I, I don't. How do I say this and make it interesting? I'm... <laughs> I'm sure it does seem that way, mm. but this season of the Goldbergs um, has been a lot more um, organized. So okay. I actually have days off here and there, and it it's nice. Um, there are times when I have been way busier, like you know, there are times when I've had to do two shows at once or whatever. Um, so right now, either my schedule is good or I've just adapted to it. I don't know. But uh busy is good for me and therefore good for society. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you like being busy, obviously.
0: I do. I do. What yeah. are, what do you what do you like cuz I
3: mean obviously the performer lifestyle work is transient, isn't it? It comes and goes and there are yes. busy periods and not. When it's less busy, what do you what do you like? How do you get through that?
0: You know, um during the pandemic when we weren't working it uh it really made me nervous because I need to have a regimented schedule. Yeah. You know, I have to have something to look forward to. I'm not great with just free time. So, you know, I managed to fill it up with things and, you know, we were Zooming all the time with different projects and this and that. But um, if you're asking if I have hobbies or things like that, (laughs) I suppose I do. I hike a lot. I like I need to be out in nature looking at critters a lot. So that makes me very happy. Um, Gardening makes me happy. Reading makes me happy.
2: Um, Roller skating makes me very happy. Uh, My wife just got back into roller skating because we took Uh, the kids over the summer holidays. We took the kids to a roller disco thing uh, and she, she, she just hired some boots and started doing it with them. She's absolutely obsessed with it again.
0: <laughs> it's the most fun. Yeah. It is so much fun. I mean, talk about just like a little hour-long vacation. If you need to just get out of your mind for a little bit, put on your playlist, get on some skates, and it's like, that. that is soothing to my soul, really.
3: Why well, do you just go like going down the street, and n- not in like a rollerblading specific place? Just
0: Yeah, you know what? There aren't a lot of those anymore. Oh. You know, there's not, there's no rinks anymore. There's maybe two within a fifty mile radius of my house, so I just go to the park.
3: Oh, nice! Because I'm thinking, boogie. you know, they used to do. It was like in the seventies, the eighties. They'd be like roller bay battles and stuff, wouldn't they? Around like the oh, yeah. tracks and stuff, and it was like really brutal. I think at times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. That sounds like fractures were yeah. That sounds like yeah, the running man the or something. Um, yeah. <laughs> So, are you roll? Is it roller blades or are they old school roller boots as well? Because I think there's Proper a big distinction. roller skate. Excellent. Yeah. With yeah. The boots. Because I'm, the boots. I'm not, I'm not down with the blades. That that's too kind of borderline with skateboarding and stuff.
0: Hmm. You know, it's funny. I bought a skateboard when I turned forty, and I thought, well, it's now great time. my
2: bones are brittle. <laughs> yeah, it's the best time. <laughs>
0: Now that my body's losing calcium at a rapid rate, I'm really gonna wanna be on this skateboard a lot. And I loved it. You know, I would do it at night when no one could see me. And I would just, you know, skate through the streets until I saw someone in a car watching me. And then I flipped off the back and landed oh, on my no. butt and never did it again. But, you know, there's something fun about being the master of this little piece of wood
3: yeah did you see the the skateboarding during the olympics
0: i did not i didn't i did not watch any of the olympics this year really yeah i just didn't care (laughs) (laughs) i think i think you
2: you weren't alone (laughs) in that
3: (laughs) (laughs) i know
0: that sounds terrible but i i don't know i just did not care at all about the olympics well, I appreciate I I it. I worry about, like, okay, well, now what's next for you?
4: Yeah, exactly. What's next yeah, for yeah. you? Yeah.
0: You know, you spent all this time doing that. What are you going to do now? I can't even think about it. Yeah. Like, that's my burden to carry. But anyway, <laughs> or like I did not that, watch the skateboarder.
3: The people that train for four years and then they don't, they can't take part in the heat because they get injured or something. You're like, oh, mate, that oh, was four no, cool. years Yeah.
0: Yes. Oh. <laughs> but anyway the skateboarding let's keep it up let's keep it up
3: <laughs> <laughs> i'm not an olympics fan massively either but the skateboarding was, it, was, it was weird seeing it and i was like i i think i could do that
2: and then um actually i don't think i could i think it's actually quite difficult
0: yeah quite difficult
2: did with the skateboarding did you have did you get all the like knee pads and and so you, you went hardcore
0: i went hardcore nice um I, I went stupid, is what I did. No, <laughs> no wrist guards, no knee guards, no helmets.
3: If You're gonna do it, yeah, go stupid. That's a good,
2: down. good life advice, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> there's some go merchandise in that, stupid. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's interesting, though. So let's—I mean, let's go back a bit. You, so you're from—you're born in Long Beach. You—I mean, you're from California, right? Originally, yes, uh-huh. but Long yeah. Beach is where you've mainly been dwelling.
0: Long Beach is where I've been since I was two years old. Wow. So, yeah. And I still live here now. I've never moved. I've never lived up in the Hollywood area. I've always commuted. And that suits me just fine. Yeah. I would rather sit in L.A. traffic going up and coming back rather than live there. There's something to I sure like to having decompression time.
3: Yeah. Yes. Actually I went into because I live outside just outside London. And I went into London today for some work and it was the first time in ages. And I was on the train and it was really quite nice just having my hour to myself, just yeah, thinking about, I don't know, stuff and just working out my head and just yeah, it was we don't actually get a lot of time to ourselves these days. Yeah.
0: So I love it. I'm I'm in my car singing my lungs out or laughing my head off at, you know, a podcast or something. And I I enjoy it.
2: I think it's really vital actually that we have that time to ourselves just to oh, like yeah. kind of dive into something that we enjoy like you say like listen to music. I mean when do we we don't there isn't enough hours to listen to music sometimes. Yeah. So like no, having, having that commute is really quite good.
0: Yeah. And I've got a full setup in here with you know all my vinyl A stereo, a proper record player. Amazing. Do you think I listen to it? I don't. (laughs) I don't. I set it up during lockdown, thinking, "Okay, we're gonna have dance parties every (laughs) night." Me and my husband. We don't. Vinyl. I love vinyl.
2: I love vinyl, but there is an extra amount of effort that goes into listening. Although the the experience is better, is greater. You know, listening to analog music on analog. It, the fact that you have to get up and turn it over exactly. for, is quite a lot of effort.
0: <laughs> and then there's, you know, just the the sense memory of every little crack
2: <laughs> yeah. in the
0: record. You know what I mean? It takes me straight back to my my junior high school bedroom. Yeah. And listening to Duran Duran or whatever, and it just like jolts you right back into those memories. It's incredible. Yeah, but yeah, flipping the record over. Ugh. I know. <laughs> Too much work. It's
3: like getting to the end of the cassette, and then pulling it out, and then all the tape's like, yeah. you're like, oh, oh where, where's my pencil? <laughs> Better get my pencil out. Gonna have
0: oh yes, do that again. It's yeah.
2: such a fragile medium, cassettes. Like tape is mm-hmm. just so delicate as a medium. Like it, yeah. It's. I'm surprised it lasted as long as it did. Really.
0: I know. I, I melted so many cassettes in my car, just, you know, leaving my car in the sun or whatever. And then you come yeah. back and funky cold Medina sounds like, rrr, rrr, you know.
2: were you a mixtape maker? Did you make mixtapes?
0: Oh yes, of course. Yes. I had a little, um, pen pal boyfriend who lived in Arizona and we would send each other mixtapes and, you know, the thought and care that yeah. went into planning the mixtape. And then, you know, of course, you got to tape a sign on your bedroom door saying, be quiet, I'm recording. <laughs> yes, yeah. um, yeah, so many. I'm sure I have those stupid things somewhere. Will they still play? I don't know. But yeah, I do. Yeah.
2: I, do I found a mixtape that I'd made my wife um, a, a couple of years ago. And um, yeah, it was there was so much effort gone into it. Like the even the inlays, I'd written like notes and
0: stuff. <laughs> oh my goodness, you were hardcore! Yeah, yeah.
2: I think you it was just up
0: every inch of that inlay.
2: Yeah, it was. It was. Um, yeah, and I, it also, is obviously, it was. It was a time capsule of what I was listening to at the time as well, which is really interesting. Love that. Was there? There was always a theory, wasn't there, or a science behind mixtapes, wasn't it? It was always like a banger
3: at the start. Yeah couple more notch, so, it up. You notch it
2: up the second one okay. and then oh, call, up then cool it off bring a it little. down yeah.
3: and then ramp it up towards the end is that a, is that a sort of fair science for mixtapes
0: i mean i think you i think you've just nailed it yeah <laughs> i i forgot what it was i i i do remember you know wanting to take the listener on a on an audio journey <laughs> but yeah that that sounds more scientific <laughs> than my method <laughs>
3: It's the first time anyone has described me as scientific. So thank you, Wendy. That's a, <laughs> that's a first for me.
2: So growing up in Long Beach, what what track did you start getting into performing and acting at an early age? Was that something that you always kind of wanted to do?
0: Oh, I knew immediately, you know, from the minute I... From the minute I had conscious thought that this is what I wanted to do. So I was one of those annoying children that was like, gathering the kids together in the (laughs) neighborhood. And it's time to put on a show. You're either going to join me or you're going to watch me, but a show (laughs) is going to happen. And we had a fun backyard where there was um, like an elevated porch. And so it made an amazing stage. And um, my mom always kept us in dress up clothes. So like she didn't know she was feeding the beast. She thought we'd just <laughs> like to put on different outfits, but we had like trunks full of dress up clothes. So it was a big deal. And, you know, I would interrupt a dinner party to lip sync a song or whatever, quite annoying. But my mom, um, you know, she always had us in choir at church or mm-hmm. at school and um, had piano lessons, dance lessons, all that stuff. So when it came time to, um, you know, actually go to college and declare a major, and I was saying, I want to go to acting school, my parents were like, what? Where did that come from? (laughs) Absolutely not. We're not paying for that. So um, it took me a while to get started in earnest, but I've always known what I wanted to do.
3: But I guess when when you're an adult and you've got kids, I think having them in dress up or having them playing and being creative, it's never a bad thing. Kids need to be creative. Kids need to express themselves, and even if they don't go into performing and they go into something else. But they need that time to yeah, express themselves.
0: Right. And I I have to say, we were never bored. You know, that was one thing that I really um, appreciated about my childhood especially when i look back on it now and i see my friends with kids their kids do not know how to entertain themselves
2: oh tell me about for it for long periods <laughs>
0: of time <laughs> without you know video games yeah. or ipad or or you know being on a team or something like that we you know our 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 grandparents watched us during the summers cuz my parents worked and so my my grandma was like you're turning off the tv at 10am and then you're going to get out of the house and do something until I call you in for lunch. And then you're not coming back in again until four. So we had a clubhouse. We had, a, you know, we we staged parades. We worked on our gymnastics. Like we, you know, we wrote things. We had a typewriter. We would make our own magazines. Like, you know, give your kids the gift of free time and they will learn how to fill it hopefully we did but that's you know yeah you're, you're exactly right like my my mom just wanted us out of her hair <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know out of the house so that she could clean it um and us not getting into trouble but yeah it uh i really liked it I really you liked you
3: were basically you so you're basically on, on a nine to five job of playing basically yeah. Out the door at nine, lunch yeah. break, back in at five, play is on, the, is on the roster.
0: Yeah, exactly. And our punishment was we had to stay in the house and not play. <laughs> yeah. If we were bad. So, you know, we, we took it seriously. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's one reason why we became good at, like, doing our homework on our own. We didn't ask for help. We just figured it out. Um, there, it, it really helped us with our problem solving. And even though I am not the most independent person, I still live three miles away from my parents. Um, my sister, you know, she was the one that grew up and moved away, you know, across the country and, you know, but it, I guess what I'm saying is I appreciate it because we, we, um, figured out our, how to, do things on our own and we don't we didn't need to, you know, ask for help every
2: little thing. Yeah, I'm I'm always forever telling my my two boys who are 14 and 12 how good it is to be bored. Like it's great to be bored because that's when your imagination starts to fire and you you'll come up you'll think of something to do and something the th- the thing that you come up with will probably be really good. Yeah exactly. So you did, um, so you started doing more, uh, the, the creative arts stuff. You did more at college, did you, when you're doing college or was you'd started doing some stuff before that at high school, had you done any kind of performing really?
0: Yeah, I was a dancer for a long okay. time. And, um, but my college career I don't want to say it's shameful, but I dragged it out for a long time because I didn't know why I was going. Yeah, I didn't know why I was there, and um, I would switch majors, and then I would, you know, stop for a while to work, or I would only take one class a semester. I mean, really, I dragged it out again because I was just so lost. And when I um, and I would get the the trade papers that had auditions in them. And I would just send out my, you know, I had headshots and stuff. I I did everything out of sequence. So I had headshots and a made up resume and I would send things in for, you know, I would submit for different projects. And sometimes I would go to the audition and just drive right past or other times I would actually park and go in. And sometimes I would get the stupid little job that I was qualified for, you know, it but basically I didn't start going to acting school or the groundlings or really hitting it hard until I got married and moved out of the house. Mm-hmm. So I lived at home with my parents till I was 26. Whatever. That was my choice. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's nerdy, but that's what I did. <laughs> and that- then it was off to the races. Then it was, you know, cause I, Sometimes you just need one person to believe in you and that was my husband. He said, "You know what? I don't see why you wouldn't just do this. Mm-hmm. So go and try. Just try." And um seems to be working out.
4: <laughs> yeah, he
0: was right. It was still it, it was such a it was a head trip for my parents for a long time. Mm-hmm. They were not mm-hmm. pleased. Now they are. Now they understand that acting does not mean prostitute.
2: do you know what they had in mind for you was there was there a path they were hoping you would take
0: well my parents got married really young Mm -hmm. Um, my mom actually got married before she graduated high school only like a month only like a month before but you know she was so eager to get out of the house and um so when I was about to turn 18 I could when I look back on it now, yeah, they they were really sketchy about my future because that's what they did.
4: Yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: So I, I'm pretty sure they thought I would just have children and live within a five mile radius of them. And there was talk of me becoming a stewardess. Wouldn't you love to be a stewardess? <laughs> that's what they called them back then. Now right? it's flight <laughs> attendant. Yeah, but yeah, back yeah. then it was stewardess. Wouldn't you love that? Think of all the places you could travel for free. And we could also travel for free. <laughs> yeah. hey, there you go. Um, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, there, there it all <laughs> there is. It is.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that was that was just not for me. That was not for me. And it, it took a while for them to get on board. But do you think, I
3: mean, you're saying things didn't take off to, to you at 26. We talk about this in the podcast quite a lot, that sometimes things happen for you at a certain time. Mm-hmm. Because you're not ready for them before that. Like, actually, it comes to you, at, it might not feel like at the time, but it does mm-hmm. come to you at the right time when you're ready for that. And yeah. that might be a different time to when you thought it would be.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I absolutely believe that it. If I, had, if I had had any success early in my 20s, I would be dead by now. <laughs> I would be dead or washed up or something. I mean, it... Yeah. It happened when it was supposed to happen. And a lot of people think, well, oh no, if you get started late, you know, in this business, oh no, you're never going to make it. That's not true. That's not true. There's, I feel just from being on the inside of it and seeing what I see, there's more opportunity for older people than there is for younger people. Mm. Because for younger people, what you're going to end up doing is playing teenagers because they don't want to hire the young, the actual teenagers because it's too expensive and they can't work you as much. So do I know people in their thirties? Like I probably know more than two dozen people in their thirties who are playing teenagers. Yeah. Wow. And then what are you going to do? Jump to, you know, playing a mom? Probably not. Cause that's not how people see you. So if you want to be a, a really fast star, yeah, maybe that should happen in, in your twenties. If you, you know, they, you know, you become famous for no real reason aside from your social media account or, you know, you're cute or something or have one song or I don't know. If you want to be a flash in the pan, great. Do that in your twenties. That's when that will happen. But to build like a long career, I think late 20s, early 30s, mid 30s, great time to start when you know who you are as a person.
3: I think that's really encouraging as well. And There'll be people listening to this maybe in, in other industries who might be thinking the same. But I think mm-hmm. sometimes you're just a bit, when you're a bit older, a bit more experienced, you can maybe see opportunities better, clearer, and you're sort of ready for the more you have the better skills, better experience. I don't know. And also, there's, it's never too late. You know, things can still happen at any time. You never know when it's going to be. As long as you're still <laughs> in the game, still trying, then yeah. I think you give yourself more opportunity. It's funny you say that about playing teenagers because I've seen so many shows, like Netflix shows and stuff, and it's about teenagers. I'm thinking, that guy's about 30. <laughs> yeah. There's no way. Yeah.
0: yeah, that that person, I swear, just had a kid graduate from high school. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> and there they are with a letterman's jacket on. like. <laughs> you know (laughs) whatever there's there's no shame in it i'm just saying like don't don't think that you know because there's more people out there working just as regular character actors than you know a-listers very few people are going to become a-listers but do you want to make your living as an actor you absolutely can you absolutely can
3: I completely agree. It's the same on the on the comedy circuit in the UK. There are so few slots on TV and, and you know, every arena tours and stuff, but there are hundreds of just gigging comedians doing their thing. I know one guy, South African guy called Mark. He's really good and uh, he's not famous, but he does the circuit. I've seen him quite a few times. He was off on a cruise ship last week for 12 days performing on a cruise ship, having the time of his life. He's never going to be on TV, but he's a successful professional comedian doing his things below the radar. And there are hundreds of people like that mm. There are still opportunities yeah. even if it's not on you know uk tv
0: exactly and and it i mean i would argue that that is maybe a better way to go because no one's in your business all the time because that gets annoying mm. um you're seeing the world you're living an amazing life. You're not sitting at a desk from nine to five. Not that that's a bad thing either. Some people really, really love that and thrive in that. But if you're someone who just can't sit still, you know, and you like a change of scenery all the time, no shame in that. I, I love that. You know, you're making how many people are you making happy working on a cruise ship or just going around and, and doing your thing? It's yeah, I think that's awesome.
3: Well, I can tell you, it was 1,200 people on the cruise ship he was making happy. But at the gig we both did together in Swindon last week, it was nine.
2: So, <laughs> okay. You know, but there was nine about. happy people. You know,
0: different times. We're still just trying to get back into the swing <laughs> yeah, exactly. of things. Huh? And, and I mean, those, those nine-person gigs, honestly, that's what's going to make your memoir interesting.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's yeah. what's
0: going to add some spice to your memoir.
3: Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and Charles, you say That's nine hilarious. happy people. You say nine happy people. It was about six actually.
2: Okay, the okay. Nine, okay, okay. Three, three happy people three, and three, three really, grumps. Yeah, three really distinct Sixty-six percent
3: win rate. I will take that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> We've all had that. We've all had those weird gigs where, like, I remember we. I was honored to go on a um a tour to Iraq. To uh, wow entertain the troops for um, for New Year's, and I got to do it a few times. It was really, really interesting to see what the news doesn't show you. Mm. Yeah, and there were times when we just flat out sucked, and I feel I felt like you know what? Let's abort this mission. These people have <laughs> suffered enough. It's bad yeah. enough that they're here. We are not funny right now. We are terrible and we're taking up their time. They could be sleeping, but you know, those were weird gigs where mm. maybe we would be in a mess hall with 30 people at a really small, small specialized base out in the desert, 30 people at eight in the morning. Do you oh. want to watch comedy at eight in the morning? No, you don't. Oh my god. You don't, but you're required to be there and there was one bit we did where, you know, we would take suggestions from the audience, but they were written on paper. So everybody write your suggestions on a piece of paper. And every time I opened up a piece of paper, it was like, fuck you. <laughs> oh, Next one. You suck. <laughs> Next one. Why do we have to sit through this? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you take your lumps and yeah. sometimes it works and sometimes it's just horrible. <laughs> Keeps
3: you humble, right?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, man. That look, that makes your uh, your six people seem like a tea party now. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. I'd rather do six people in Swindon than <laughs> thirty troops in Iraq that don't want to be there. <laughs>
4: oh my word!
3: i never even I've, I've heard you you've heard about the sort of people going out and performing for the troops and stuff, but I'd never
0: thought there might be people doing improv out there. I'd never thought of that. Yes, and it it can be excruciating. I mean, and there were, there were times when we would be in an actual theater on a base, like really you have a theater here. That's an interesting use of funds, but okay. <laughs> um, I'm looking at you, Kuwait, <laughs> but um, yeah, to do improv there sometimes it it was just so stupid. Mm. But you have to th- you have to think, OK, even if even if we're sucking and clearly we are, they'll have something to laugh about later because we were so terrible. Yeah. You know, but for us, it was interesting because, you know, we got flown in helicopters to go to different bases and and we got to hear some people's stories and and have some one on one time. And some of these guys I I stayed in touch with for a while. Um and so it's interesting to see how they come back to the states and and do you know either thrive or fall to pieces or you know it's it's it was very interesting and humbling to uh, have that experience. Mm.
3: Yeah. yeah, that's de- I, I guess that definitely would give you perspective, doesn't it? Because that's a world away from what you're doing. It's a world away from the performery world and ah. it makes you realize Oh man, for all the ups and downs of my career, there are people out here doing very, very different things. So I think it's good to have that perspective.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So you went from, you graduated college. So what was the plan then?
0: So I graduated college when I was 30 years old. And it's at a that good point, age. it was like, it's a good age. It's, but I, and I was ready to do it. Yeah. And I got really good grades. I took it seriously you know but i needed to declare a major it was time to just like okay what do i have the most credits towards and that was um liberal studies with a creative writing emphasis okay
4: mm-hmm.
0: so i graduated in that but at the same time i was taking classes at the groundlings theater which i don't know if you know about the groundlings it's a yeah. sketch and improv theater and a lot of People come out of that that have gone on to do big things. So I was doing that at the same time. And uh, right around the time I graduated college, I mean, I was performing a lot. I was doing a lot of stage stuff around Southern California. And it I was getting enough encouragement from that, not making any money, mind you, but, you know, getting enough encouragement from that, that I was like, you know what? Maybe I will never make money doing this. But I love it so much that I have to keep doing it. Like no matter what I do in life, maybe I'll have to, you know, take a nine to five or whatever or just do something else. But I'm never going to stop doing this. I'm always going to have a place for this in my life because this is my lifeline now. And I never want to go back to, you know, having a colorless life. (laughs) Like This is just too much fun. So um, around that time, I got a job. I mean, I was always putting the feelers out for a job where I could go on auditions. Mm -hmm. It needed to be flexible, you know, and I put it out in the universe, like, I'm going to find something. And I did. My husband was working at um, a print shop on the campus of Cal State Long Beach. And I got a job there. And that's where I graduated from. But I got a job there, um, assistant editing a social work journal in the social work department. And I kept that job for 12 years.
4: Wow. I
0: kept it up until the Goldbergs started. Wow! Wow. I was never going to quit because my boss was so supportive of me. She said, I don't care what you do. Just get your work done. Turn it in. I don't care where you do it. You don't have to come in. Just get it done. I don't want to train anybody else. And I think you're going to make it. She would come to my shows and laugh louder than anybody. Um, and I, I kept that job all during Reno 911, all during rules of engagement, every movie I did during bridesmaids. Whoa. I mean, and I, I kept it and it was such a blessing for me. And there's no shame in doing that. I always think, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can be a performer, you can be aiming at something else, but have a little side hustle that you're proud of to take the pressure off what it is you really want to do. Because if, if you put too much pressure on that thing, you begin to hate it. Yeah. And then if you start to hate it, well, then what do you have? You're just a miserable person, but this made me, it, you know, it added structure to my week. It made me feel like I was, you know, elevating people who are doing real work. I mean, social workers, hello, we salute you. We need yeah, you. Absolutely. I'm sure not doing it for the money. Um, but I was very happy doing that. And, uh, you know, like I said, it took the pressure off acting because I knew my bills would always be paid. And I didn't have to take things that I didn't want to, just for the money.
3: I I absolutely love that. I think that's mm. superb. Because mm. yeah. there is a bit of a weird stigma, isn't there, around sort of side hustles and having another job and stuff. And actually, as you say, it mm. gave you structure, you know, which I think yeah. a lot of us, Actually, has creative mm. crave and don't even realise that we do. And yeah, you have that support—how great to have a supportive boss as well. Because you sometimes, I think people sometimes worry that people not in the creative world maybe not might not understand wh- why you do it or or, or what drives you. But mm. to have someone on that side of the divide supporting yeah. you and coming to gigs—that's fantastic. It's so lucky. I, was, I think it was brilliant.
0: No, I really, I really lucked out, and. Yeah, there is a stigma about, well, if I'm not making money from, you know, my paintings or whatever, I I don't, it's, it's not the life I want to live. I getting having your rent paid, you know, there's, there's no shame in that. (laughs) It feels pretty damn good. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, you don't need to be a starving artist that there really is no virtue in that. Sorry. I hate to tell you. It is nice to be able to go to the doctor when you're sick. It is nice to have groceries in the fridge. (laughs) I don't know. I could never, that was never the life I was going to live. I don't like being uncomfortable in that way when I don't have to be. So I don't know. I, listen, I know, I know a guy who's like a money manager has a proper, you know, full time job and a, an, a closet full of suits. And he's also a successful actor. If I pointed him out to you, you'd say, Oh my God, he's in everything. (laughs) But he has, you know, he has the flexibility with his job to go and do things. And then when he's not on a show, he can feed his family and pay his mortgage. There is nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's kind of awesome that you can go back and forth between those two worlds. Is he one of the?
3: Is he one of the guys that's playing a teenager at the age of (laughs) thirty-five?
0: He isn't. No, he isn't. (laughs) No, but it. No, but
2: you've seen him in a lot of stuff. You'd be surprised. Can you tell us off air? Yeah, I will. Yeah, it's um, it's amazing. (laughs) No, because I, I, I'm totally with you. I've always had side side jobs and and different things you know when i was i used to play in a band for five or six years touring and stuff but i always did like cleaning jobs or working in a bookstore whatever it was and that was great because you'd like you say you have that structure and that regular paycheck and it just takes the pressure off and you can just enjoy that thing that you're you know that you really want to do
0: exactly and everything bleeds into the other thing so yeah. you know when i mean r- I can only tell you from an acting and writing perspective, most of the time you're going to be acting like a normal person.
4: Yeah,
0: You're not going to be playing a superhero all the time, you know? So being out in the world and doing normal person things. Yeah. That's going to feed your, your craft, so to speak. Mm. You know, I, I was on a job early in my career where we, we're having to be in an office and do, you know, officey type things to fill the space or whatever. And I was with a guy that was like, "I don't know what do people do?" <laughs> like if you work in I've never worked a desk job. Like what 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 do people do? And I'm like, "You don't know how to shuffle papers and put them in a file <laughs> folder? Like why don't you know that?" That's so weird to me. You know, pick, staple something. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hard. I on a... Use yeah, what's yeah. right in front Yeah, exactly. Typing, <laughs> typing hand, typing hand. Ding.
2: Oh, no, wait, it's my brother, sorry. <laughs> but do you think that, I guess, there are a lot, like we were saying about young people as well, there is, and I was talking to a friend of mine recently who works in the music industry, and he says that, you um, know, like when we used to be in bands and stuff, it was because we loved playing music and that. But now... A lot of these, a lot of the younger people that getting into music, for example, and I guess it's similar with acting and other creative industries. It's for the career of doing that, and it's not, it's not. You're not making that segue from, you know, doing a regular job and all that kind of stuff. You're you're specifically looking for career checkpoints to be kicked off while you're doing, you know, whatever it might be, like whatever creative thing you're doing. It does feel that that to a to a certain extent with maybe this younger generation. It's kind of wants to be like you say be the a-lister now and not go through the stages that most of us have taken in our creative lives coming to it a bit later maybe
0: yeah no that's interesting because it seems like a lot of people get Mm fast-tracked of that age or you know at least it looks like it i don't know how true it is but you know for every TikTok sensation, let's just use that as an example. Um, What's the longevity of that? We don't know yet because TikTok hasn't been around that long. So any of these, you know, you have to go up the stairs one at a time. You cannot just jump from the bottom floor to the top floor. And if for some weird reason you are able to do that, at some point you are going to have to go back and take the steps. Yeah. You might do it out of sequence, yeah. but the real work is going to come in at some point if you want to keep doing it. So I don't know I, that it's going to be interesting to see the um, the long term effects of these uh, overnight internet sensations because they really haven't been around that long. No, no, you know? And if anything, I think it's very damaging Mm -hmm. because then you come off of that and you're like, Oh wait, I have no skills whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Or I got to rediscover what it is that I was, that I really wanted about this, Mm -hmm. you know? So I don't know. I, I feel like, If you do something, you get if you put all your eggs in that basket. What what is it going to be like later when you hate it? Because if you start out doing something for the love and the passion, and you and your goal is you know what I don't care if I make money necessarily from this. I just love it. Yeah. I feel like that's a better way to lead long-term. yeah. And that is my sermon for today. I don't know. <laughs> it seems to have worked out for me, but I...
2: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Wendy. I, and I say this to people all the time, you know, like, if someone buys, reads one of my books, that's a bonus. It's, you mm-hmm. know, it's, if someone listens to our podcast, that's a bonus. You know, it's the actual making of those things, which is the best bit. You know, for me as personally, and, 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 you know, the fact that, you know, you might get a, you know, a show that you can perform in or a book or Jim gets a gig to perform at. That's great. That's the best. That's the, that's the amazing thing. If someone enjoys those things, then that's a bonus. If you get paid for it, that's a double bonus.
0: That's a double bonus. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Because that's the thing about living a creative life is it doesn't always come with a paycheck. No. Many times it does. But the fun, like you said, is in the making of it. I remember when I was coming up at the Groundling Theater and, you know, for years it was just about writing these sketches. My whole life was writing sketches and shopping for costumes. And we, I mean, we were spending lots of money doing this. No money was coming in. And my poor husband would sit there and I would put a wig on him and <laughs> cut the wig the way I wanted it. Like he was always super, super into it. But um, the high of getting on that stage and making something work was the best feeling. Better than any drug, any cheesecake, any, <laughs> anything. And I missed that. I miss being able to to do that because that really was like one of the best times in my life. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think that's I think that's the best way to lead into into a creative career.
3: Yeah, I agree, and I think there'll be a lot of people actually it'd be really powerful hearing someone like yourself say that on this podcast. There'll be a lot of people that I think will be able to relate to that and resonate. And you're so right about getting on stage that that or whether you're, you're playing in a band or, or or writing a book that feeling where it's clicking and it's happening once you've had that it doesn't really go away you now you can come yeah. back to it another time and you'll you'll get that that buzz and that that adrenaline that drug again because once you've had a taste of it it's that like sort of yeah. forbidden fruit isn't it it's always there for you yeah um, and you chase
0: it don't you it's mm. it's just like oh more please <laughs> want to get that reaction again but you're Mm -hmm. right like when you're it's all part
3: the the journey is the enjoyment isn't it you know Mm -hmm. yeah i think if you're doing something for the love of it and when it starts to become your thing maybe or you do start to see it as it could be progressive or become a career it's not really about getting anywhere because once you get somewhere then you then think i've got to get to the next
2: place or you know i've got to get somewhere else it's the it's the journey. That's the fun bit. surely. Yeah. And the the destination is so opaque. Cause what is the destination? Right. You know, what is it like an award, uh, a big paycheck? What is that? You know, it's kind of meaningless stuff really.
0: And then when you get that, it's not that you're not appreciative, but it never feels as great as you think it's going to feel. So then you go searching for that one adrenaline thing again. You know, it's, Most of life is journey, so you better make friends with that fact and enjoy it. Most of life is journey. Most of life is journey.
3: I said most of life is journey, so you'd better (laughs) don't stop believing. Oh, (laughs) Oh, come on! Thank you,
0: (laughs) thank you for saying that the way that you said it. You're absolutely right.
2: I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We've hit Uh, an all-time low. Uh um, <laughs> sorry, we've just lost all our <laughs> listeners. Oh well. We had a good run, Giles. We had, we had a good, a good run. run, yeah. But it's interesting you're saying that um you kind of miss that that adrenaline fueled the starting. You know, that I, I I I get that totally. Um is that because there's more pressure now when you're performing and doing, you know, do when you're on a on a set, for example? It's not the same feeling as 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 those days with the groundings, like you know, it's it's a different experience now.
0: Yeah, it, there's kind of I miss that free fall sure. feeling. Yeah, of going on stage and you don't know what's going to happen. Now, I pretty much know what's going to happen, and I feel like everybody's going to make it okay for me, whether or not I I suck. Yeah. You know. People are going to say, oh, that was so great. And I'm in my heart saying, no, it wasn't. I could have done that better. Don't tell me. Don't lie to me. But a live audience is never going to lie to you. Mm. You know, they're going to be brutally honest. Um, and so feeling that feeling of like winning people over who have no interest in kissing your ass. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> Is it something you'd like to go back to doing though?
0: Um, yeah, there is. But now I have let that muscle get flabby. And mm-hmm. so I would, I'd be starting from square one. So it scares me to think about, but yeah, I should absolutely do it again. But it, I mean, if, it's only, like- if only I could carve out the time, but I will, I'll, I'll go back. To
3: it. But, yeah. but I think it's nice when you're working in the industry film and tv where you're making tangible things so you can yes. you know look back on these things these, these fantastic shows and movies you've made and be like oh man i made that and this is really yeah. good you know so yeah. at least, it's nice to have those live i mean nothing beats live performing i completely agree and winning over an audience so, yeah especially if they hate even TV it's only stars. six it's fantastic it's just, even if it's only six out of nine you know that's a ratio yeah. that we're, we're happy to take um but, but I, even five out of nine i'll take five um yeah. <laughs> But it's I think when you make... Making... <laughs> exactly. If it, as long as it's over half. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> I can never get back to Swindon. Um, but, yeah, having these tangible things you can look back on, and you've made some fantastic things as well. It must make you pretty proud to look back on those things. and You know, those things will be there forever.
0: Yeah, I... I um, uh, yeah, it, it, it's funny, because I've made more movies than people think that I have. And most of them are... Eh, You know, nothing I would even tell anybody about. But some of them are pretty iconic. And it feels good. And, you know, that's the thing about that's another thing about this business is you don't know what's going to hit. Yeah. You you don't know what's going to succeed. And even if something is stacked with stars, doesn't mean it's any good. You know, so. Whenever anybody asks, oh, did you know such and such was going to be a hit? No. Nobody knows anything. All I know is that if I had fun on set, I will go watch the film. Yeah. But I don't always see everything I was in, you know? If I didn't like it when I was
2: doing it, I don't need to relive it. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. So... Yeah, I mean I was gonna say about that actually, because I guess you've done movies with with people that you've known for a long time as well. I mean, obviously bride made bridesmaid a prime example. Is that I guess that's fun just doing films with your friends.
0: That's the greatest thing in the world, is working with your friends, you know? And with that film, I mean, that's a perfect example of no one knows what the hell is gonna hit. Or, you know, I, I remember going to the first table read of of a draft of that film in 2007. Wow. 2007. Then we filmed it in 2010. But prior to that, there was another table read and it was excruciating. It was not good. And there were tears shed. Like... Oh wow. So yeah, what does <laughs> that look like, like then when
2: a when a table read's not going well? What's what's does that what happens? You does got a bunch manifest?
0: of manifest. Yeah. Oh god. Um, so in, <laughs> this
2: is interesting. So
0: for table reads mostly, you know, at, at, for films, the audience is stacked full of people who are gonna give notes. Okay, so maybe they're other famous writers or executives or friends of the writers or right. whatever. So there's but there's usually a nice Mix of heavy hitters. So you want to go in and do your best at a table read. This particular draft of the script had many other hands in it, other than just the, you know, Annie Mumolo and Kristen Wig. That's just something that's part par for the course. Yeah. yeah. When you're doing a movie is that the script gets handed around to different people and everybody takes a crack at it. And sometimes it's, you know, sometimes People just miss the mark entirely, and that's what this was. So after like hour two, you know, and that is a long time to be sitting in a room listening to people read from a script. It was just, it was excruciating. People are shifting in their seats, they're like checking their phones. It it wasn't good. It was like, oh my God, I gotta, I got some lines here. How can I? Pull focus, you know, <laughs> 15 minutes from now when I get to say something again. Um, it was excruciating. So it seemed like, oh, no, they might pull the plug on this. Yeah. But even then, it wasn't like. It It wasn't going to kill us because it hadn't been anything. It was just mm. still a script. We weren't, you know, but I thought, oh, no, I'm not going to get to work with my friends. That's That was my whole thing. Is I want to work with my friends. So, being able to do that, it was like being at summer camp for six weeks, just screwing around with, you know, the most fun people that have ever been assembled. And then later on, when it took off, it was like, oh, 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 that's crazy. And then they got nominated for an Oscar for that screenplay. And we got to go to the Oscars. And in the same um, Oscar class I guess you would say were some other friends from the groundlings oh. that we knew oh, wow. who had gotten nominated for um, that Alexander Payne movie that takes place in Hawaii
2: Oh, The Descendants
0: <laughs> The Descendants, yes Jim George, Rash and George Clooney got nominated for that yeah. so it was like, oh my god, this is it does it get better than this. Like we all knew Octavia Spencer. She won that year. We were all there together. Jim and Nat were there like it was it was incredible, like the most. From start to finish, a very interesting journey. But it doesn't always happen like that. Sometimes you you get on a movie where it's so stacked with stars and a listers and you think, oh, right out of the gate. This thing is fantastic. Then you see the finished product and you're like, okay, I'm just going to sneak out that. I'm not gonna go to the that. Op- I'm not going to the after party. This is terrible. Let's just, you know.
2: Can you brush those things off though? Or is it, does, is, it yeah. is it, is it? Yeah. Okay. That's good. Because I yeah, imagine it could be can. quite disappointing after you've spent, you know, six, eight weeks filming something like that.
0: Yeah. You just have to take it, you know, you just have to say, Hey, I, I made money in my chosen field. I am an actor, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you just think, okay, on to the next one. And some people can't shake it off like that. Some people really go to pieces and you can't spend too long doing that. If you're going to do that, you should do something else. You should not be in this business. If you're going to take everything as a personal, you know, assault, oh, don't do this because it ain't going to get any better. No, I don't.
3: And also things move on quickly. People forget quickly. Audiences forget. The next thing comes around that everyone hates that isn't you. So <laughs> you can move on say, to yeah. that thing.
0: Oh and- yeah. And that happened that can happen within twelve hours. Yeah. You know?
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I was gonna say to you, cause during do- obviously the Gold Books has been going out and you've been doing sort of live Twitter stuff. It seems quite surreal that people are watching and tweeting at the same time, but Obviously, Isn't we know Twitter. Crazy? Yeah, we know Twitter's a bit noisy and horrible. Uh, has that been an all right experience? Because I can imagine, you know, obviously people like to voice their opinions. I don't know if you've noticed uh, yeah. on Twitter. Oh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I just. Wondered, oh, I've if... noticed.
0: Um, <laughs> I've noticed, and then I just mute those people. Yeah. What it's are you best. gonna do? Yeah. Like I, I work too damn hard. You know, and. I've also come to realize that as as odd as this sounds, you really should have a nice mix of people that love you and hate you. Otherwise you're not doing anything interesting, right? If you correspond to too many people, then what are you? Just like a piece of sourdough bread.
3: I like sourdough. You know?
0: <laughs> Everybody loves sourdough. <laughs> Um, but I mean look I Goldberg's is the best job I have ever had I will do whatever it takes to make sure that everybody I work with on that show understands how much I love them and appreciate this experience and the fact that it the fact that we're in season nine
2: it's incredible wow yeah. that
0: flew by that just that absolutely flew by and and my kids aren't in their 30s i just want you to know those kids <laughs> not in their 30s um, <laughs> but it's it's been such a wild ride and and we're worldwide which is crazy so i love hearing from people that you know that get what we're trying to do yeah. and it is look we're not we're not solving any problems. we're not you know uh it's a comfort show. It's a comfort show. You can cozy up, watch it, feel good, It's very formulaic, but there's you know there's value in that
4: mm, yeah
0: and um and it's not terribly controversial and yes, I wear a wig and dumb outfits, and I act like a crazy person. I don't care. <laughs> it's the most fun I've ever
2: had what and you can tell in your performances i think that you that everybody involved is having a great time i think that comes across
0: well and to let everyone know who might think we're exaggerating the real person that i play we are toning her down (laughs) and that is not an exaggeration
2: yeah because obviously yeah (laughs) because some people might not know it's actually based on a real individual well and a real family and uh a real thing yeah and does she does she drop in to set now and again or you know because i guess that's that's quite pressurized
0: yeah she used to um she hasn't been able to come by because our our set is closed you know we because of COVID, we can't have people in um so but yeah she used to and she uh she commands she commands the stage when she's there you will be complimenting her within minutes of meeting her. Um, she's a very interesting lady, but she—it's—it's it's a pleasure to play her. You know, she's a nut, but even she has said, "You make me seem a lot more likable than I am." Okay, that's out. That, That—that's her talking, not me.
3: I do. I like the bits of the show when they, when they show the old original VCR clips of yes. whatever they've It's so sweet. It's really nicely done. Yeah, um, but you. I do think you're, you're saying about comfort shows. I actually think right now in the world, after the last 18 months we had, comfort is what we need. Mm. Yeah, we, we need shows like this because we need people to, you know, we just need to have that moment where we're just watching something silly because we've yeah. all been through you know, a really weird time.
0: Exactly. Like if we want, if we want to see more reality or more, you know, things that are just dismal, we can look out the window. Put yeah, on the on the news. Yeah, exactly. If I want to, wa- if I'm going to watch TV, I want to check out and I, I want to just laugh and feel good and go to bed. I don't, you know, I know there's, oh, have you seen this show about, you know, take people and they torture them and it's really oh it's really raw and blah 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 no thank you you can keep that i don't want to watch that right i don't need to have nightmares
3: yeah i'm assuming
0: people with kids don't want to explain you know a bunch of weird stuff to their kids so i don't know
3: no i agree there's a channel here in the uk called channel five and literally every tv (laughs) show is like when shop when shopkeepers explode the grizzly murder of <laughs> The grisly yeah. Murder of Downton Abbey. Yeah. Followed by when postal men go crazy. Like, literally, like just like have a day off, Channel 5. <laughs> <laughs> well that there's,
4: sounds there's, like yeah,
2: a lot of fun. It's a horrendous <laughs> channel, honestly. Um apologies to any <laughs> channel five execs that might be listening. I actually I actually know the head <laughs> of
3: sport at channel five. He's a really nice guy. As a sports <laughs> exec. <exempt. laughs> But yeah, it's it is it's it's every time and I think right now all my wife and I want to watch and we've got a two year old daughter as well, we just want to watch nonsense and, and comfort TV and stuff exactly. where we can just have a nice time.
0: Exactly. And so I find myself watching like old episodes of things like the Golden Girls.
2: Oh my uh oh, me and my you know brother what? used to watch. Give me that. the
0: Golden Girls.
2: My brother is such a huge fan of that show oh um we used, yeah i think it used to be on channel four here quite late on a friday night so it was about sort of half past 10 or something at night and it, yeah it was on really yeah we used to watch it all the time that's a brilliant show
0: it's a brilliant show it still holds up the golden girls father ted is always <gasps> in my rotation yes Yeah. father ted is one of the greatest shows that's ever been made
3: yeah agreed yeah. Um, it's superb cheers yeah
0: Watched Cheers, Um, but yeah, and I love Lucy. Always a classic. <laughs> yes, classic. Speaking yeah. speaking of Father
3: Ted, my daughter, so she's just turned two, and she, she's she going went through a phase. Fact, she she's, <laughs> <laughs> drink. That's <Back laughs> our <industry. Back. laughs> No, but she's like, we sometimes call her Father Dougal because she's she sometimes does this <laughs> face where she goes. <laughs> <laughs> I know it doesn't really work on podcasts on audio. <laughs> I'm like Maria, what are you doing? She's like. So it's just like her little Google moment. It's very weird. Very weird. She's she's an interesting child. uh, Yeah, she's interesting. Um, But yeah, Father Ted, what a show. Oh, man. Great show. Oh,
0: the best.
2: And there we are. You're thinking about it now, aren't you? I am. Well, I'm thinking of the Eurovision um, episode. Oh, my no God.
0: Fact. I was just going to say the Eurovision. Yeah, yeah, this is
2: my favorite episode. My Lovely Horse. My Lovely Horse, yeah. My
0: Lovely Horse. That video from My Lovely Horse. It's so good. It's... Well, it's
2: the bit where Ted, where the where the, he obviously wakes up because he's dreaming, and he says, we've got to lose that sax solo. <laughs> 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 oh, the best. Oh, yeah it's, just, <laughs> it's a brilliant brilliant show wendy it's been oh. such a pleasure to talk to you thank you so much for your oh, time thank today. you so honestly, much it's it been great it's been so lovely to talk to you and hear about your work and yeah just such a big fan of all all that you do i mean yeah oh, thank you. We, we've um we recently all watched blended at home um with the family and my boys loved it and um you're great in that ship film honestly oh really thank love it.
0: you so, Thank yes, you
2: so well, much. So it's a real pleasure to talk to you.
0: The pleasure was mine. It was lovely spending time with you guys today. And don't let crows steal your glasses. Do you remember? You don't. It's a father Ted thing. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> are you tired of crows stealing your glasses oh,
3: <laughs> never mind oh, well I know with was me saying I love Father Ted well I'm officially out of the Father Ted fan club so they'll, they'll, they'll cancel my membership
2: <laughs> do you know what with Father Ted just going back to Father Ted it got better and better I mean the last couple of series were just so good it was just up there uh, when he had to kick um, Bishop Brenham in, up the arse I mean that yes. was <laughs> That was like almost, it's so intense. <laughs> oh,
0: it's so great. Well, I know what I'm going to be watching. Now. I'll be about to
3: say the same thing. I'm going to have to go back and refresh it. Uh, Wendy, thank you so much. It's been an absolute joy talking to you.
0: All right. Take care, you guys.
3: There you have it yeah
2: hey,
3: <laughs> did i slur that sorry it's so late We've I, uh, yeah this is not gone very well it, I, we have to give the listeners the context about it is <laughs> it's 8 p.m that's not that late is it's it? not but, that late um, that's what i mean it's I, not i've late. actually been can i say this i've been in the studio all day talking anyway yes for, can we say this can yeah, i say cool. this? yeah i think so i've tweeted about it so i think do, 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 doing the audio book for our blank book um so i think i'm just out of chat i think i've just run out of my daily
2: chat oh i'm surprised so. you haven't got a bit of i had a bit of a sore throat because i so for listeners we are how the blank book how it's fine to falter and fail and pick yourself up again is becoming an audio book mm-hmm. and uh, jim and i are providing the uh the audio
1: so the uh, yeah
2: so the, our our particular um sections of the book are split up and we are reading them on yeah so we've been recording them and i i had a bit of a sore throat actually i have to say after i did reading all day on monday
3: i was very tired it's actually it's 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 we, you yeah. think sit sitting down in the chair i mean we do it anyway for the, for the pod but you think sit down in the chair reading and talking all day be quite straightforward it's really tiring actually mm. you've got to focus so much on the words and obviously not like you know get them wrong and stuff which i did many times oh i um
2: like every other sentence was wrong when yeah. i was doing
3: it and then when I, I found we've got to get back to wendy in a second um but i found like you i'd stumble on i'd be like fine for a paragraph and then i'd stumble on the first line of the next paragraph and then i'd stumble again and then again and i'd have like three or four it's like i suddenly got in my own head mm. uh, the sound engineer was a, matt was a very very nice guy and was good mm. at getting you back on. and that would be fine for a bit but it seems like it wasn't it was just like there'd be one or two lines and i would keep i would sort of repeating problems on that but it's just focus I
4: yeah.
2: think i don't know it's a, i think it is psychological a lot of it because i mean you yeah. know yeah yeah i definitely think so i was thinking that while i was doing it and then that was putting me off exactly <laughs> exactly but anyway so <laughs> yeah. anyway, that
3: is we the pod we've really gone full circle we've gone podcast to book back to, to audio books yeah essentially a podcast so we've done we've gone full circle um but uh yeah if you'd like to listen to the the blank book in a audio setting maybe probably you do because you're a fan of the
2: podcast mm.
3: um i don't know when it's out but we've been recording it this week so yeah. uh yeah it'll be out I at think some point. It, yeah it's
2: gonna probably be, be out maybe in time for christmas who knows or maybe you know
3: when we when we're allowed to actually talk about it <laughs> <assume> <laughs> um we'll
2: we'll let you know we will let mm. people know anyway but
3: anyway wendy what a guest
2: brilliant guest what, and what a yeah. joy it was to talk to her it was just really really fun and uh, yeah, she's just great company. Great company, really fun.
3: Some great stories, some great advice, some great T-shirt quotes. And who knew that one of the stars of bridesmaids loves Father Ted? Yeah, <laughs> you, don't, you, you don't even think sometimes of sort of UK series. Like, oh, I guess it's sorry, it's an Irish series, um, although probably made by a UK production company. Anyway, um, that that sort of gets that far across the pond, I guess. But yeah, fantastic. Really, just yeah. Anyway, what a great person.
2: Really, yeah. really enjoyed
3: chatting to her. And, uh yeah, great episode.
2: Yeah, loads of great advice and insight. I think, you know, it was just really enjoyable. Yeah, and I, I took loads away from that episode. So I hope our listeners did too. Yeah, and I particularly liked the bits about, um
3: what's interesting, sort of, you said at the top of the show, being slightly older and ready for things when they come along. The whole thing about having the the, the sort of, the side hustle job alongside doing the acting for a long time i mm. think that's really empowering actually i think there'll be a lot as i said on the pod a lot of people listening who are similarly creative uh that i think actually that would give a real boost to yeah you know, and hopefully it then keeps the love of what you're doing you know the creative thing alongside the uh the need to make money i thought that's fascinating really fascinating to yeah hear.
2: i did too as well and 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 surprising actually as you know yeah. someone at her level you know was it and what a great sort of um, great story about this that social work paper that she worked on, that magazine, yeah, yeah. and 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 the boss who kind of always believed in her yes. well. again. You know, that often comes up on the podcast. Having that, those people obviously, her husband was one of them as well. But having that person that kind of believes in you, how yeah. empowering that is. I mean, it's something I put out on Twitter a lot like, just spend, spend a couple of minutes each day in just encouraging someone, send yeah. someone an encouraging message. Honestly, you could it's medicinal almost makes such a difference to people's days
3: completely agree and it doesn't take doesn't take much at all but we all need that support so it's fascinating to hear really really great so thank you wendy so much for joining the podcast and chatting to us and um, yeah, we really, really appreciate it. We hope, we hope our listeners do too. Obviously, there's a bit extra for our patrons as well. So if you are on our patron, you'll get a little bit extra from Wendy. And if you're not and you want to hear more from her, please do join at patron.com forward slash blank podcast That's P A T R E O N.com/slash/podcast. It's very uh, reasonable,
2: want, isn't it, Jim? What's
3: the. $5 a month, wow. which is it's like four, four pounds. Cup of or coffee. Four cup quid, of coffee. I think. Yeah, exactly. Or and you get.
2: A pint of beer. No, I don't drink beer, but or, I assume pints are about. No, that that's probably. about half a pint. It's Over, pints ridiculous what? oh yeah
3: oh. pints are like seven or eight quid now oh my
2: i don't that's oh, got yeah. drink in london but anyway yeah yeah um, it might be a bit cheaper in other parts of the country london's yeah, just yeah. different it's got different, different kind of currency almost it has it's yeah ridiculous um, so
3: eight quid so anyway oh it can be yeah oh. i think i think there are certain there's a certain chain of are they called john smith's pubs i don't know I i don't really drink that often either but like um, the,
2: the, the bitter, John Smith's bitter. N-
3: no, it's called something else. John. Weatherspoons. S- John Smith, or something. but it's a chain of pubs, and it's all like it's all a bit cheaper for some reason. Right. Or,
2: or Weatherspoons. where Weatherspoon. <laughs> Do you know what? Yeah. And and if half old, you know, like you know, I, I'm assuming that most of our um, listeners are um, are politically affiliated with us, or in in, like, in keeping with what what well, we think. After. Yeah. Uh, but if I effect, alienate yeah. some of them now, I, I, I apologise that. But um, I will never set st- set <laughs> no. foot in a Wetherspoons. <laughs> I Me mean, neither. I always hate going in there anyway. But um, I think there is... Any, uh, people only
3: go in there because it's cheap. Cause it's I cheap. think it's the only reason yeah. to go in there. But the floors are sticky oh, and it's,
2: it's grim, oh, there's some interesting it, characters. It, yeah, it reminds it. you of sort of the old... It's Yeah, like trying to modernise old school pubs almost, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's a weird. It's a weird one. It is isn't a weird one. Weird. Anyway... <laughs> So anyway, a, apologies to anyone that father loves father Ted weather spoons. Yeah, I, I, I honestly huge apologies to anyone that likes going in weather spoons. But well, uh, if it's hey,
3: if it's your bag, it's just your, not my it's your thing. thing. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, you crack on. Yeah, but, I, um... I won't. I, I'm not judging anyone that goes in them. I'm just saying that I won't.
3: <laughs> no one's listening at this point anyway, Giles I think it's nah, just that's
2: fine. True. No one. We've uh, we've <laughs> lost all our weather spoons.
3: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you want, if you want extra bonus content from all our guests join our patron because each week there's a little bit extra from all of our guests. Uh, and yeah, $5, about four pound a month or slash whatever we've got, we got patrons all over the world and it obviously translates into your local currency, whatever, wherever you are. So mm. please, please do join.
2: And I, it's, you know, obviously there's no, you don't have to do that. You can just listen to it for free, but it means an awful lot to, um, help keep the show going. And your support really does mean a lot. It really does.
3: It really does. Um, Anyway, I just had a message from my wife saying that uh, our toddler is still awake at 8pm. Um, oh, so man. I need to go home and yeah. sort that out. Uh, Good luck. Uh, that's a shame. She's been sleeping really well recently, actually. But that's... Um, uh. Yeah, never mind. These things happen. Anyway, thank you, Wendy. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you to our patrons. Uh, and thank you, Giles. Thank you, Jim. And may and, the uh, force
2: be with you. <laughs> uh, I just want to
3: end the episode by saying...
1: Feck, <laughs> Drink! <laughs> Girls! Arse! Uh, uh,
3: and if you don't watch Rather Ted, then that won't mean anything. Uh, yeah. But anyway, have a great week. I will see you again next week on the Blank Podcast. Until then, uh, stay safe. Goodbye.